1: Log Talk Radio. And I'm Leo,
2: and
1: tonight we have a uh, special guest tonight that's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Dr. John G. Moser, author of Super Civilization, Survival in the Era of Human Versus Human. Yes. That's his new book. He has an interesting kind of background. He's actually an emergency room doctor, yes. Majored in sociology, undergraduate, and... Uh, he worked. He actually worked in a hospital. I think it was a mental hospital. And
2: he works for, for children. Emergency
1: room as well. And that's what he does right now. Yeah. And then he founded. Um, he founded. Uh, he is CEO and founder of Humans for a Healthier World, a nonprofit organization promoting the mission statement for humanity. Um, He graduated from Tufts University School of Medicine in 1992 and completed his residency in emergency medicine in Fresno. Uh, He was part of the clinical faculty at University of California, San Francisco, I guess that's SF, And he currently works in the emergency department at Sutter General Hospital in Sacramento, California he kind us. of an interesting, interesting background. He, he, when he graduated from the University of California in Berkeley, he uh, got a bachelor's degree, as I said, in sociology. And for three years, he was involved in the psychiatric care of children at Napa State Hospital. So he's um, he's got an interesting background. Yeah, he does. In the mission statement, he hopes to avoid serious resource declines, promote better standards of living, and mitigate and even eliminate the possibility of a self-induced annihilation throughout the world. He feels because of the possibility of self-annihilation, humanity has never been in a more critical time, and we all need to come together and... Create
2: unprecedented cooperation. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, you know, one of the biggest causes and the biggest criminal acts is the pharmaceutical companies in this country. And what's happening now, it looks like, is that medical marijuana is being patented, patented by these big by these big pharma companies. Drug makers will soon hold patents on THC, CBD, and cancer cures. GW uh, Pharmaceuticals, a drug company which specializes in cannabis based pharmaceuticals, has received early approval on a patent uh, covering the use of marijuana chemicals for treating brain cancer. Well, GW Pharmaceuticals announced Wednesday that it has been issued a notice of allowance from the U.S. Patent Office for a patent application involving the use of THC and CBD, the two main chemicals or whatever, and marijuana, okay, for treating uh, OMAs. Once a patent application is deemed a genuine invention, the patent office uh, sends a notice of allowance that outlines the fees involved with final approval. Specifically, the company provides a description of the patent, okay, and it says the subject subject patent specifically covers a method for treating uh, GALOMA in a human, uh, using a combination of cannabinoid, cannabinoid, cannabinoid oil, um, and CBD and
1: tetrahydrocannabinol,
2: THC, uh, which is the, the major ingredient in in, in uh, marijuana. Now, wherein the cannabinoids are in a ratio of one to one to one to twenty. Okay, and the intent to reduce cell viability, inhibit.
1: Cell
2: growth or reduced tumor volume. In 2000- I filed in
1: 2009. GW's patent application lists Otsuka Pharmaceuticals as a
0: collaborator
1: and initially claimed the invention of the use of the combination of cannabinoids in the manufacture of a medicament for use in the treatment of cancer. It's a natural remedy. They can't patent it. It's like patenting the potato. Yeah, exactly. However, it is likely the application was revised since, there, since then to be more specific in its claims, including the ratio of THC to CBD used in the type of cancer treatment. Indeed, the use of can- cannabis and cannabis-derived chemicals to fight a wide range of cancers has long been suggested by pre-clinical research as well as anecdotal reports. On the other hand, the first clinical trial to investigate these cancer treatments only began last month, month, launched by GW Pharmaceuticals for their cannabis drug, Sativex. The trial investigates Sativex in combination with the standard chemotherapy drug, uh, temozolomide and involves 20 patients with recurrent glioblastoma in multi-form, rare form of brain cancer. Yeah.
2: And um, GW Pharmaceutical also announced in November that it had begun human trial oh, of CBD-rich cannabis drugs for the treatment of uh,
1: pediatric
2: epilepsy. Well, they've been that's been known that for That's been known time. forever, you know. And for them to for them to put a, a, a patent on it is is, you know uh, it's it's criminal does the U.S. government own a patent on on marijuana this Mm -hmm. is an interesting thought Right. patent number 6630507 held by the United States Department of Health and Human Services covers the use of cannabinoids for treating a wide range of diseases
1: how long have they
2: have that? Yeah, well, under U.S. federal laws, marijuana is defined as having no medical use. So it might come come as a surprise to hear the government owns one of the only patents on, medic, mar, on, meta,
1: on marijuana. Marijuana as a medicine. Yeah,
2: the patent, uh, U.S. 6630507, is titled Cannabinoids as Antioxidants and neuro, uh, Protectants. Protect and it was awarded to the Department of Health and Human Services in October 2003. It was filled four years earlier. It was filed. 19- it was filed Yeah, okay, for in
1: 1999 years.
2: by a group of scientists from the National Institute of Mental Health, uh, which is part of the National Institute of Health. Okay. Um, so
1: that, this is what's going on, folks. The patent claims exclusive rights on the use of cannabinoids for treating neurological diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and stroke, Jeez. and diseases caused by oxidative stress such as heart attack, Crohn's disease, diabetes, and arthritis. Cannabinoids are a diverse class of compounds that include many of the unique compounds found in marijuana. A number of experts, including CNN's chief medical Correspondent Dr. Sande Gupta have noted the contradiction between federal marijuana marijuana law and the government's patent. The United States government owns a patent on marijuana as a medical application, so we have a patent through our Department of Health and Human Services on marijuana as a therape- as therapeutic, and we also schedule it as a Schedule One. It's easy to think the patent as a
2: patent uh, as a patient, is uh, a patent
1: on marijuana itself. However, this would be inaccurate since the patent actually covers non-psychoactive cannabinoids, both synthetic and natural, meaning those that don't cause a high. The patent also covers only a specific application of those cannabinoids and not the production or use of marijuana in cannabinoids overall, Bunch of. uh
2: The invention, the the, the patient's claim to provide a new claim of antioxidant drug, that particular application is neuroprotectant. Uh, According to the the, 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 um, description, the inventors recognize the previously unanticipated antioxidant property of the cannabinoids in general, and cannabinoidal oil is particular. Unfortunately, the patent does not cover cannabinoids that act through cannabinoid pathways. Is
1: in it's other words, the one it's just a bunch of gobble gobbledygook gobbled- beer just to
2: yeah. it's like, it's like the justify new, beer. It's like the new the new uh marijuana that's distributed in the in the in the dispensaries is crap. It's low level, low grade, homogenized Financial Service Committee passes a bill to exempt big banks from the new regulations. Yeah, it turns out Citibank wrote, wrote uh eighty percent of the law. Uh-huh. Imagine that? No, I'm not
1: surprised.
2: Yeah, what the hell is that all about? You know? Yeah. Well, so Goldman Sachs, yeah, they wrote eighty percent of the freaking law that uh that right, that regulates the banks not being regulated. Yeah,
1: that's they wrote that a year ago. Yeah.
2: It's well, well, there's one more thing before I bring up, I guess. Uh it's arithmetic. The They're top
1: just, ten hedge fund managers made twelve billion in twenty thirteen. They pay a tax rate of fifteen percent hedge fund loophole. The top ten the top tax rate for income is thirty nine point six percent. The loophole gives those ten hedge fund managers a tax savings of two point ninety five billion. It takes all of the income tax paid by three hundred and seventy thousand two hundred and thirty workers making forty thousand dollars at the tax rate of twenty percent to pay for the tax loophole for just ten hedge fund managers. And that, my friends, is the difference between the makers and the takers. Do the math.
2: There you go, folks. Mm
1: -hmm. We can
2: Anyway, well, I thought we we' end this this topic here until we bring up our guests but uh, great war recession proof business doubles in two thousand and one to ninety percent of the world market. We went to war for the opium market, not terrorism the worst war the worst narco state in history after thirteen years of war, Afghanistan opium trade floods the globe. In the 13 years since the United States invaded Afghanistan in 2001, the country's opium product has doubled, now accounting for over 90% of the world's population, of uh, the world's uh, production of, of marijuana. Of heroin. Right, isn't it? Not it's, marijuana. It's, it's, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm opium. opium. Sorry, I not know what I mean. Uh, opium marijuana. latest report, Rolling Stone magazine, exploded Afghanistan's heroin boom. What has happened in Afghanistan over the last 15 years has been the flourishing of a narco state that is really without any parallel in history. And I can say this is something that is extraordinary, that is catastrophic, that has grave danger to the future, and yet there has been virtually no discussion of it in recent years. Is that amazing? Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, now what we're going to do, we're going to go to, um, I'm going to call our guest here.
0: Hello. Uh,
2: hi, Doug. How are you?
0: This is oh, good, good, good. How are you doing? Good. So, how are you?
2: And
1: uh, yeah, we Can um, we um, a little bit about your book and your and i find, i find your background extremely interesting you uh certainly took an interesting uh educational route to this uh endeavor that you have this nonprofit um, can can you say how much you've been impacted by your background i mean you first as of all as a doctor and as a um, emergency eight. doctor as a um, and a social work- you obviously studied sociology and um you worked in a
2: in you a come, hospital for children how did you come to the conclusion that it was human versus human and the super civilization that we're venturing into here?
0: uh yeah thank you uh just wanted to first uh, thank you for being on uh, on your show and uh second of all I just wanted to to give you kind of a there's no you know plan that I had for getting uh, and taking a circuitous route that I did to get where I'm at. But it was more out of interest uh, than anything. So I uh, I started out actually as a physics major at Berkeley, and then I decided uh, I took a sociology course. And then I uh, decided to do that. And then I uh, really got on a practical level, was trying to decide whether to get a PhD in sociology or um, or go into medicine. So uh, I loved both, so I decided to go into medicine. I thought, well, I could always come back and write a book about sociology. So I uh, I looked at the whole situation, especially after 9-11 and what was going on um, in the world uh, after that, and came to the conclusion, especially after hosting a bioterrorism conference that I put on, that there seemed to be this real reluctance um, to discuss really the Major issues that we as a society face, what I call, now call the super civilization, um, in dealing with some of the major problems now uh, to the forefront is climate change, and there was 9 uh, 11, there was terrorism, uh, and it still is a major problem. And then you've got resource declines, you've got immigration issues, um, substance abuse, you've got a variety of issues that I think, um, if you look at the background, Donna, and I started. Uh, again, thinking about this uh, after 9/11, and um, the issue came up in my mind after we we're hosting this conference. And there seemed to be a real reluctance on the part. We had some FBI agents there, we had a federal judge, we had some administrators from county EMS agencies. There seemed to be a real reluctance to want to deal with um, the, um, the 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 real causes of terrorism and more along the lines of okay, let's get back at them, and then that'll be. Uh, that'll be that. And what that started out then was a, a journey that I took over several years to discover why terrorism was a, a problem now. And I certainly came to the conclusion, at least with terrorism, that it was, a, it was a symptom of the dawning of what I call the modern sociological human, where we have massive institutions that seem to be um, influenced by the wealthiest of the wealthy people and um, especially the wealthiest of the first world. And so I came to the conclusion that a lot of the terrorism that we could at least address and deal with um, was about um, taking those people in the third world and the second world who were um, on the fence as far as dealing with the United States. And they they really couldn't, um, People, especially people in the third world can't really... Um, Uh, think beyond uh, the next 24 hours because they're barely surviving. They've got Ebola to deal with. They've got um, water issues. They've got um, food issues. And so the end result is I came to the conclusion that um, in order to really effectively deal with terrorism, uh, I think we have to uh, address the issues of the inequality throughout the world. And I think that'll be the most fundamental way we could deal with uh, terrorism. And so that led me to the other issues of climate change, et cetera, and the realization that we have a super civilization, and this is the first time in human history that we've ever had problems, particularly climate change, where we need unanimous 100% cooperation of all 7 billion people of the world. And until we get that, we won't solve climate change. And that's what led to this book. Well, you
2: see, I, I, I... a lot of what led me to uh to to review your book was was the fact that uh, you 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 have a tendency to you're dealing with somewhat of a ascension consciousness here a universal consciousness uh and, and I and I agreed with you uh in in essence that that there has to be a, a, some kind of fundamental uh uh, uh yeah. So, some some. Well, you, wanna, you,
0: you might want to call it a reorganization or at least a, a restructuring of our institutions. That's kind of what I I mm-hmm. am arguing.
2: Yeah, but I'm so reluctant and so against uh, this elitist uh, uh, new world order concept that that plays right into what you're what you're dealing with. Um, you know the 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 uh, the, the, this, the the agenda 21 the population control the 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 genocide state sponsored genocides around the world i mean uh, to call the population i mean it, it's it's like it's like eugenics uh you know 101 uh you know i and i'm i'm afraid that what your book does in maybe maybe i don't know if you if you if you if you if you intended to, for it to be a, a a book on eugenics or or if you are trying to promote that that concept but um it's it's such a frightening uh uh, uh we've been struggling with this concept now I have to say since we've been doing our program for 15 years uh with population reduction uh with um you know eugenics with global uh, you know global climate changes okay with uh with geoengineering of the atmosphere I mean these things are all out there in fact i wrote a i wrote a full book myself on 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 most of this but it's like the the the, the concepts that you are bringing up with a with a super uh civilization uh yes people have to have to and be enlightened somehow uh to to what's going on but at the same time uh these these heavy handed uh genocidal Population reduction programs are in place and are continuing to be in place, and and, and are, are, are murdering millions of people yearly around the world. Uh, how do you how do you coincide with that? How do you how do you re, re, rationalize Recognize. this kind of this kind of thing? Do you do you agree well, with it, or, or do you you
0: know? No, 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 no. I want to be totally clear. If you you read, mentioned the word eugenics, genocide. That's not me, (laughs) and I'm not even close to that, and I don't want it to be represented in the book in any way, shape, or form. What I'm talking about is that if we think of ourselves as a cooperating species rather than a competing species uh, where we all have to make our uh, number one goal self-survival, what I'm advocating, for example, is um, looking economically at – for example the the population uh, growth that we've got to uh, deal with uh, we do it through economics we do it through incentives we we do it through ways in which that we um, can be most successful, as uh, stated by the united nations and and that is is you um, if you look at fertility rates it's highest in those areas of the world that have the lowest urbanization that have the lowest rights for women. You improve the conditions of those individuals in those countries, and then that will foster. Um, and I believe it'll uh, be an economics incentive for those individuals not to um, d- uh, not to uh, 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 bear children um, and find a way out of their uh, predicament through uh, fertility. I believe finding a way out of their predicament through economic uh, problems. So I don't, or economic uh, incentives. I do not advocate in any way shape or form any type of uh of heavy-handed uh tactics to use for for uh population control.
1: The other the question that I had for you also is um so many corporations and industries benefit from um the way the world is today. Especially they benefit from the war on terror. And they have benefited from other so-called wars on um, philosophical ideas. How are you going to sell this to cor- cor- corporations, especially here in the United States? Um, or, or
2: or do we do we actually need the corporate state? And and are we trying to, uh, like like Lyle and I have been doing for years, is trying trying to enlighten the people, you know, rather than. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, that, that's the that's the thing. So, I'm an advocate that corporations are not people, and corporations should not also be vilified as the problem. Corporations have done some um, remarkable things for us. However, corporations, I think, in the super-civilization have gotten too much control. Uh, uh, rulings from the Supreme Court have aided the corporations in their control of Congress, Citizens United, the most recent case, where basically there's an unlimited amount of uh, funds that can go towards uh, um, political parties. That's the real problem. So the real problem isn't that I want to make a corporation the problem for humanity. I want to take corporate involvement and 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 look them straight in the eye, all the corporations, and say you do a remarkable job for your stockholders. You do you do a good job at times for consumers. Um, but there 's a lot of corporations that do not um, um, ha- um, do uh, a responsible job at uh, procuring uh, resources and limiting their impact on the globe and uh, they 're going to answer well that 's not our job and our answer my answer to them would be okay it 's ours so let 's limit your control on the environment let 's continue to allow you to do the things that you do well, which is to provide uh, goods and services for society, but don't do any more than that. And I think that's the problem we have in the super civilization today: is uh, the corporate interests are so uh, have have run them up to such a great extent that we don't even realize the major problems that are moving forward, um, such as climate change. The corporations control the agenda, and the end result is we have a major problem. You know, th- stop to think about it. The IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It's made up of individuals who basically get grants from the government. And where does government right now have its major control? its major control, if you allow rulings like Citizens United to occur, basically from corporate involvement. If you look at what happened uh, recently with a lot of the uh, um, ghostwriting that occurred in Oklahoma with the energy companies, you'll realize that that Congress is now being controlled by uh, large corporations. Um, I'm not um, uh, advocating like Marx that you can't regain control because culture is a big factor. So what my goal is, is I want to create a culture of responsibility and bring corporations to the grassroots organizations, other nonprofits, our nonprofit, bring them together and say, look, you are going to suffer just as much as, and, and you, I'm talking about the CEO of a corporation. You may think... You're going to benefit from short-term solutions, but in the long term, think about your children and your grandchildren, and what the environmental uh, the environmental impact of your uh, of, of the of the things that you're doing today. Imagine what it's going to happen for your children and their grandchildren, and they're not going to escape from this problem. And if you start to have uh, those types of discussions, I I think you can you can we can start to turn um the tide on uh, on the pessimism that that I've expressed in the book.
2: Well here here's something that we just read uh before you came on the air. It's called it Arith- it's arithmetic. It was a quote by Bill Clinton actually. It said the top mm-hmm. ten hedge fund managers made twelve billion dollars in two thousand thirteen. They paid a tax rate of fifteen percent, which is that hedge fund t- loophole. The top tax rate for income is 39.6%. The loophole gives those 10 hedge fund managers a tax savings of $2.95 billion. It takes all of the income tax paid by 370,230 workers, making $40,000 at a tax rate of 20% to pay for the tax loophole for just 10 hedge funds managers. And that, my friend, is the difference between the maker's and the takers, I said, do the math. So, but but the, the, the incredible thing is what they're stating here. And here's another thing we wrote, we read, which it says, the House Financial Service Committee passes bills to exempt big banks from new regulations. Citibank write, wrote 80% uh, of the law. All right?
1: So that's uh, what he's saying. So that's, well. th-
2: this is what we're dealing with here. And we're dealing with, with craziness, insanity, uh that uh, you know of the of, of corporate insanity i mean they govern and rule us right how are you ever going to um, change
1: that when the benefit is so great to them when, yeah but, when, uh, well
0: uh, yeah. Thank, thank you very much yeah uh, you know i do want to say one thing by you getting on uh your show and getting me on your show we talk about this and we make it uh a, an issue i think uh, you just uh Happened to point out exactly what uh, what I pointed out in the book in, in a nutshell, and that is that the corporatocracy uh, of uh, of this country uh, is a, it's a problem, and it's never been worse than it has been today. And if you would like to think that two thousand eight was going to change anything, uh, you know I've got a bridge to sell you uh, across the bay over here, and that's the uh, that's the major problem. The the the, the way to solve it. Is what we're doing today, which is, uh, I have faith in humanity. Um, I wouldn't have written the book if I if I didn't. I have faith that we can start to turn the tide against um, corporate interests by first realizing that we have this major problem. Um, if you look at Emmanuel Saez, who's at Berkeley and a, a, an economist, and um, he had the graphs showing. Uh, what happened in the uh, in the wealth differential in the depression, and what happened in 2008? I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with this graph. And Robert Reich has uh, pointed it out several times: is that as uh, we uh, have more inequality, um, economics actually uh, is, uh, is set back in this country. The best uh, advances that we've had economically in this country. Uh, have always occurred when we've had more in, more uh, equality. And I think you hit it right on the head, is right now uh, the uh, Congress is controlled basically by, uh, by the corporatocracy, whether we like it or not. So one solution was, okay, well, let's start the process of creating a, uh, a constitutional amendment. That's what's happened in California. There's been a movement to create a constitutional amendment. But I think that we're so interconnected today and corporations are multinational they're not um, uninational. uh they that means that in order to deal with uh, the power of uh, these corporations and again uh my my goal isn't to vilify them and make them the problem but rather to uh allow us people on the grassroots who don't have uh, those interests and that, those controls over congress to make them realize that that's what's going on today. And that's the first step. And I, I I, think if we can accomplish that first step, then we can move into other arenas. And that's why I wrote the mission statement for humanity, is that we, if we get people throughout the world to to sign the mission statement, um, that's a first step in saying, okay, these corporate interests um, can't control the agenda. I mean, that's the, I, I believe that's one of the sole reasons, if not the major reason why climate change uh, and legislation throughout the entire world has been lagging so 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 badly is because uh, corporate interests control Congress. President Obama can't pass legislation. He can do stuff with the EPA based on the 1970 uh, acts um, that are already in place, but he can't do anything further. And until we can do that, I think we have a real conundrum before us, and we've got to change it because it's uh, a crisis right now uh if you look at the climate change issue. Well, well
1: you climate, mentioned yeah, something that yeah. I thought was also yeah. very important that the corporations are bigger than any one country.
2: They are countries. They have more
1: they have more power than the citizens of the United States or any citizen of any country.
0: I mean Goldman Well yeah you know yeah, in fact us. if you look at it oh go ahead. No, but,
1: but Goldman
2: Sachs uh, was was uh, Obama's biggest, biggest contributor. contributor, and was a client, a major client of uh, Eric Holder's law firm. I mean, I, I mean, you want to talk about being owned, okay? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, we're owned and, by by Goldman Sachs. All and
2: right.
1: what he did for them in his first administration was oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. What he did for them in this general, in this in this
2: administ- in this in this second term is unbelievable. Yeah. So, but I mean, we're dealing with 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 a with a corporate whore of all kinds. The the, the greatest corporate whore I think we've ever had. All right, is, is Obama. Uh, no no question about it. Uh, I thought Bush. I I, I was I was uh, insane over the Bush administration, thinking of w- of what how bad he was. But Obama has been the biggest corporate uh, you know uh, backer ever. Ever, 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 and and has been the the, the biggest uh, uh, contributor to undermining the Constitution. I think Bush 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 was a was a rookie next to what Obama's become.
1: Oh well, God! We we were marching yeah. forward that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 it's con- horrendous
2: what's happening. What, what what what's your opinion on on the Obama administration? Uh,
0: well, and- I don't I don't use that language. What I do do is I try to use uh, evidence to support. Um, the conclusions that uh, the corporatocracy is uh, invested interests have gotten too much power, and that I totally agree with you on. Um, if you look at, for example, what happens to or the socialization process in the world today, um, we now have loyalties. so if, if you look at the average number of commercials and I put it in my book, and it was a few million um, that the average individual sees in their lifetimes. Well, they're not seeing commercials about the United States. They're not seeing it about, uh, 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 you know, the European Union. They're seeing it about Starbucks. They're seeing commercials about McDonald's. They're seeing commercials about Sony. You know, you, know, you get the point is that the influence of corporations has become so, um, uh, so powerful. And, uh, you know, as of late, it's become so problematic uh, that we have to limit the... Um, the power of these corporations over our psyche. Um you know, my my way of doing it is um simply to enfranchise all people throughout the world. That's that's what I think the solution is. Is that wonderful. if
2: we have you got, but you got a, but you got an institution like the Supreme Court that, that that's completely corporatist, okay? Uh you know, uh, you maybe know, you got a couple of liberals in there, but uh, you know, most of them are, are completely corporatist. And this country is going is, is about to 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 uh, you know you know throw us back into the dark ages, all right, with this with the Supreme Court. Um, you know it's unbelievable the stuff that's that's that's, that's, that's coming out of there. Uh, for instance, like you said, this uh, you know the allowing corporations to be uh, to be regular people, you know, uh, individuals, which is frightening. I, but,
1: I I think we agree on the uh, the fact that corporations haven't been good for this, the power of the corporations haven't been good started, for this country yeah, in a lot of ways, even though they've given us some benefits that we all enjoy. And I agree with you that um, it would be wonderful to get the rest of us all together in agreement on but, these but very, very Im- important topics like global warming. Well, what and
2: you're, what you're neglecting, Lila, is that, the the United States of government is now a corporation. Mm-hmm. right? So we are corporate. We are cor- we're, we're 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 nothing more than uh, uh 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 shareholders okay in a corporation. in a, in a major corporation the United mm-hmm. States.
1: Well, this is true. Yeah. But I I I agree with the doctor that it would be wonderful to get all the rest of us together who agree with the fact that we have to have that we're on this planet and we have to have an awareness of how to make it a good life for the people that come after us. I just don't know, really know how you're going to do it because we we've been fighting this for so long, doc. you
2: know, that uh, you know, and 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 haven't uh really seen any progress.
1: So maybe you could tell us you know, I I I I think your mission statement is wonderful. I think your ideas are great, but how are you going to accomplish it?
0: Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed after 9-11 is no one wanted to talk about these underlying problems. And the way that uh, I'm trying were, to do this is... Yeah, go ahead. I
1: think after 9-11, people were scared of a lot of things. They were afraid to say anything that was anti- the government speak. Actually, it was right after 9/11 that we began our talk show, our talk and, show. Yeah, which was all the anti-government speak. And you know, we, and that was
2: that was that, was a, a, it, that was a
1: time when a lot of people were afraid. I mean, this government yeah, I mean, can create a yeah. lot of fear in people, and so that's something that you have to overcome too. But go ahead. I didn't mean, yeah, I mean to interrupt you. Know, you. And, and
2: oh, people please. Have to bring out these people that were talking about these things. Um, You know, and and, uh, uh, you know the conspiracies and the and the 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 absolute insanity of the George Bush administration at
1: that time.
0: time. Go ahead. And and the problem, the Obama. Yeah, uh, you know the the way I view the solution to the problem is getting back to this. I think that uh, I'm not as pessimistic as uh, as as the two of you are about the ability to um, to to deal with uh, with corporate involvement. I think corporations can when they're when they realize it's in their interests um to to deal with the problems that that are not necessarily directly tied with their products but indirectly the indirect uh, uh, for example CO2 emissions from uh from the different aspects of fossil fuel use I think if you you can um deal with them on a level that they can understand this, um, you know, I, I am optimistic that we can bring this together. You don't seem to be quite as optimistic. I think the way that we do it, though, is that we enfranchise people throughout the world. Because what happens in, the, in, in today is that, for example, take a look at tobacco. Uh, and uh, it was, is, there, is there anyone who doubts that tobacco is killing us? No. Do we still uh, have the tobacco companies uh, that are basically running Congress? Yes. David Kessler even said uh, in a quote, and I quoted in his book a few years ago, he said, if you ever try to uh, eliminate tobacco in this country, you'll get your head handed to you. And I'm I'm paraphrasing that, but he he quoted that. And, And that's the reality is that if you go up against a corporation and you attack their abilities. And this is what I call a culture of addition versus a culture of subtraction. The culture of subtraction, where you, you use subtractive uh, means of dealing with problems, um, sometimes you can be far more effective. And that's why I encourage a stronger state. Because a state, and this is where I disagree with you, in that a state is not necessarily a corporation. A corporation is about producing um, goods and services. The state is about protecting the will of the people and um, all people, not just um, those individuals who are making goods and services. The state is the only institution we have that can encourage a culture of subtraction. And uh, currently what happens, if you allow, allow a Milton Friedman or a Hayek to come in and say the free market will make the world better, we've seen that's actually disaster. It's disaster because... These corporations only care about their stockholders first, their consumers second, and then the environment and uh, others who do not consume their products third. And that's why I I advocate that we have a mission statement and that we enfranchise all people to get those capital uh, flows from the first world over to the third world where it's most needed.
2: But you've got to remember that the major problem, one of the major factors is your your – uh, is, is where the monies come from. And where the money come from, comes from is the Federal Reserve, okay? And the Federal Reserve bankrupted this country in 1933, okay? Uh, which, you know, and, and we have been uh, operating basically on an admiralty law ever since, all right? And uh, we're a bankrupt nation, all right? And, and And we always have been. We have never paid back our debt. Okay, and we're constantly uh, creating more and more and more debt. That's why we operate. Uh, You're never going to destroy this horrid system unless you destroy the Federal Reserve. Okay, and start to create our own money. I I
0: I just don't agree with you. I think that the Federal Reserve has served as a a fundamental, fundamentally important institution in. Allowing capitalism to thrive, because what happens is when you um when you when you no longer have a federal reserve, you don't have the ability to deal with uh the shortfalls of capitalism uh and it, by the way, you say we're taking on more debt we are taking on more debt, but it's it's the ratio of that debt to our overall gdp that's the key factor Oh
2: no yeah. no you've got eight lousy banks in the United states that are uh, and in the world. That control the entire uh, Federal Reserve, okay? The entire the entire uh, economics, money, monetary system, all right? No, you get rid of these bastards, you get rid of these bankers, okay? And you set up a central bank, or you you just fund it from 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 the Treasury, which is the way it was in the, in the original Constitution, all right? And you're you're back on track, okay? But you don't have these crazy bankers all over the place, you know, uh gambling with your with with with, with your with your treasury. All right?
0: We have no I, well,
2: here's... you know for I, every I... single dollar for every single dollar for every single dollar uh that we spend, we wind up owing to the Federal Reserve with interest. All right? This is insanity. All right. It's our money, it's not their money, all right? It's our money. They create it because some some, some right crazy it. idiot idiots from you know, nineteen nineteen when they created this law, all right, uh said that they that we could give these banks the right to create our money. All right? Once it's you give insanity. your once
1: you give your financial power away to anyone it's done. You, you lose your power. That's that's, right. that's where the power is in the finance. That's why we can why we can wage economic wars around the world
2: because our, the American dollar is is, is leveraged against the uh, against the the, the 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 oil okay the prices of oil we've had that since Nixon's time all right but that that yeah. doesn't change things I mean we're still prisoners to the to the Federal Reserve all right.
1: So we with, disagree with you
2: on no, we that. totally disagree with you on anything that has to do with the financial uh, security of this country unless Well, we I th- I'll tell you I
0: yeah, tell you what I agree with you on. I agree with you on one level, um that the uh the banks are too large. Uh and it, it they have not they they're too large. They they have the ability to control the Federal Reserve as we saw in 2008. Where if you had one corporation that failed, it could set off a domino effect throughout the entire world, which it did. It caused, uh, uh, you know, because we decided or did not decide how to deal with uh, uh, laymen and you know the other uh, banks that were uh, that were going under and making unwise loans and et cetera. Uh, you you still haven't corrected that problem. It's they're still large. People,
2: yeah, you. That really I agree was, with you. Wasn't just the mortgage-backed securities. Uh, you know, it was the it was the uh, uh, the insane uh, gambling. Okay, the insane derivatives. Uh, 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 derivatives, yeah, that that caused this thing, this insanity. Well,
0: it, it, it was it was that yeah, it was that. There's no question. And again, I'm not an economist, so I don't want to I don't want to tout myself as an economist. But but well, I do want to say my understanding. That it's not just that there was risk taking, but the the structure of what happened, which is collateralized debt obligations and the abilities to leverage the risk throughout the world it's you know I think it's analogous to what happened in World War I, where you had countries leveraging the risk of war by creating uh taking that um, risk and inviting other countries in. To stop that war, as a result, you had a World War uh, One, similar to what happened in the meltdown in 2008, where you had all this this debt obligation that was leveraged throughout the world, you created a, a, a massive cliff for everyone when there was some malfeasance going on with lending practices.
2: Yeah, but guess who had to pay for that? Guess who paid for it?
0: Main Street.
2: Which Main Street?
0: The main US. street, you, me and everyone else in the in the middle class, because we had to bail these cor these uh these large banks out. Yeah, we had to. The government had to bail them out. That's right. The US taxpayers. You know, it's so funny if they're if you're the average citizen, this is what I agree with entirely with you. I mean I mean I think we agree more than we disagree. Um the average citizen, if they go bankrupt, um no one cares but if the average corporation goes goes bankrupt forget it that's and uh, and 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 I'm I'm certainly on, on on the same page with you I don't think that's right and that's why I wanted to see a a breakup of the banks and unfortunately what we've had is we've had a consolidation <laughs> occur instead of a breakup and that's a problem I agree
1: well th- the reason you've had that is they all belong to the same school you know and that and what you disagree with us is the federal reserve but I would suggest and, and keep in mind,
0: I, I, I just want you to know, I'm not a, an economist, so I don't think I ha- I'm qualified to, to spar way, with you on the issue if of if the he, Federal Reserve. Okay.
1: If you take a look at uh, the country of Iceland and what they did after the problem right. with the Federal Reserve, but uh, we won't talk well, about it they, now well on no, this show. Well, but
2: what they did is they jailed, they arrested every single banker in Iceland, every one of them. And put them in behind bars for a minimum of ten years. Okay, then they did, they they recreated their constitution, and they allowed anybody with at least thirty thirty people behind them, people that had at least thirty petitions, to allow be allowed to to run for office. Okay? it was a wonderful thing they Yeah, to it, 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 it was totally totally democratic. It was it was beautiful.
1: It was beautiful. And you done. know what
2: they did. They kicked out every damn banker in the universe. Okay, set, set up their own central bank. They are now, uh, you know, flush with dollars, flush as a as a social economic uh, uh, country. Where only about five years ago they were they were destitute. Okay, and it but
1: happened with them at about the same time it happened with Greece. That's right. It was and, just about the same time. Uh, they took a different their they politicians took a different approach, right? and the Greek politicians took a very different approach right. as to how to solve the same problem. The I, think, I think that if yeah. you take a look they at what happened they, there. They
2: stood up and they, they, they said and they kicked out all the banks. They kicked uh they 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 arrested all of the bankers that were involved with the fraud and then and then what they did is they set up a new government, a completely this new is government. the
1: part that I think is important and that you would be interested in. They set up a whole I, yeah. a whole new government with participation by all citizens of the in the country about what they thought was important and how and how to run their country. Oh, yeah. I I thought it was fabulous. I wish I knew more so that I could share more well, with they, you. they
2: wound up, they wound up getting hundreds and hundreds of people uh, on this committee that 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 solved a number of major problems and they created this constitution uh for their country, all right? And and with it, input from everyone. And you, it, want it. and you don't hear much about it because it totally kicked out the, the, the Roth Chilean uh you know uh insane financial systems, okay? It it kicked out all of your major bankers. It kicked out all of your major crime, all right, and, and, and uh and they are doing fabulously well, all right, uh under a central bank, all right? And uh, and that I believe is where we have to go, if we're going to be, have a super civilization, it has to be with, with no no control by any bankers, okay, or corporations, but control over government by the
1: people. Right? And that's that's what you're talking about. Exactly. You're talking. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: you know, I, let's take the European Union too, if you want to look. And you were talking about Greece for a moment is uh I think we would agree that fiscal and monetary policy um, need to go hand in hand. Yeah, because what happened is is you've got a nightmare in Greece where they had different um uh, policies than uh Germany. And of course Germany was flush with money and Greece wasn't, and the end result is although they were using the same um currency, uh end result is is you had a disaster and you had uh disagreements. I, I, I think uh one of the things uh, i think is important is if we decide to um, realize that we're a super civilization and and it's beyond me by the way it's beyond me to say uh, exactly how we're going to do it um i i certainly put out what i thought was the best shot at uh, at at, at cr- creating a better world which is the 10 point mission statement uh and then i'll let other people who are far um, ha- have their disciplines under better control, as far as their knowledge than i do, I let those people make the um the decisions on on how to do that best um if you if what you're advocating um you know is is thumb it has a thumbs up from um economists throughout the world then that's that certainly is a possibility if there's a lot of disagreement about it i, I you know then you let other people decide um who have uh, economists who have far better understandings. But I think until we get there, until we get to that idea that we can all work together cooperatively and not compete, not call people from uh, from Africa those people and call people in Europe those people and Americans are us, until we are able to overcome that, I don't think we're going to be able to create the institutions necessary to deal with these fundamental problems, and that's what I've argued all along.
1: I, I, well, getting back to the uh, European Union, the the problem I see with that is that um, the many many, many what they have is a lot of bureaucrats that no one voted for running all of these countries, and they have no connection to the to the people they really represent. That's that's a problem with the European Union, yeah. and some of the countries. Uh, for example, kept their own currency, like England, yeah, I mean, which gives them more power than those countries which accepted the europe
2: and even, you want, uh, you, in want
1: Germany in it and
2: all all of these countries they they all get their own special deal, but you gotta remember something yeah on on one of your on on your list of of items here you gotta you gotta a global one world government is what is a thing that you're trying to promote, and I don't Particularly, I I don't see it. I don't ever see that being anything but a tyrannical uh, nightmare what are you worried about um, that? hell. Okay, to have a one world government. All
0: right. Uh, uh, well, I, I I think if you if you have uh, an attitude that it it can't happen, then it won't. So in other words, if you say, uh, look, I, I'm different than these other people. I don't want to be involved with these other people. Then it won't. Uh, what I fear is that type of thinking where we can't do it is the same type of thinking that's led us into this nightmare with climate change, which is now we've gone from, you know, around the year 2000 when when, uh, uh, vice president Gore was talking about uh, climate change for the first time for the most of the lay public. And it was like, okay, we could tackle this problem. And now in 2015 in Lima, we basically um, given up, and we basically say, "Okay, we're going to accept to two degrees C rise. We're just going to accept it because there was no way we can get it done." And the problem with that thinking—the thinking of, "Okay, well, we can't, we can't do it," so we'll create pseudo solutions, and, and that's what I call pseudo solutions, which is those solutions that placate um, the the wealthiest of the wealthy people in the world and give them an illusion of success where they think that they're really solving a problem when, in fact, they're not. And in the end, because we're so interconnected, we have resource declines and we have disparities in wealth, no one is going to be spared from the super civilization's decline. No one will be. And unfortunately, people might say, well, you know, the chances of a die-off are low. Well, look back at World Wars One and Two, and if you look at a die-off at 3 to 5%, and then you proportionally um, look at the die-off that could occur with 7 billion people if that we have the same type of die off with the advanced technology that we have today, we could see hundreds of millions of people die uh from what I call a synergistic catastrophe. So when well, you say you don't see it happening, I don't see it as much of a choice. I really don't. Um climate change not, is a is a major problem.
2: Catastrophe. This is not a man this is not a a a, a phenomenon. This is a man made catastrophe. All right. We have been geoengineering this 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 atmosphere, this world global atmosphere, since 19, probably since the 1970s, but definitely since the since 1998. All right, The geo global geoengineering has become a uh, uh, standard. Okay, you look up in the skies, you see chemtrails everywhere. Chemtrails are everywhere. All right, uh, they are they are eradicating the, the weather patterns. Uh, changing them all over the place. Uh, we've been doing this, and we know this. The science is there. The, the evidence is there. Congress has admitted it. Uh, it's been happening since 1998. All right? So what they've been doing... And before, playing,
0: too, before, before that, well before that.
2: Well before that, but 1998 was when they, they started to really, really do a global effort, okay, on, on changing weather patterns. All right? Okay. The other thing we've seen it, but we've seen diseases. We've seen now, you know, I write about this in my book as well. I wrote about it. And I posted, you know, in two in the in 1976, uh, Ronald, uh what was it? Um, um Carter, Jim. Jimmy Carter, along with uh, Brzezinski and Kissinger. Okay, they authored the two uh, the uh, two the uh, global 2000 report. Okay, that stated they wanted the worth the, the United States and global global population reduction of two thirds. Okay, by the year 2050. Okay, and that that is that is a standard document. If you can go to Google, you can pull it up. Okay, and and it's right there. I actually published the entire document in my book. But if you if you look at it, what they're saying is that warfare, genocide, uh, you know, chemtrails, anything and everything that they can do, including genetically modified foods, including poisoning the food the food and water systems around the world will reduce, okay, the, the world population, okay? Uh, uh uh pandemics, uh AIDS, uh, you know, uh, e- 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 Ebola, or w- whatever else they can come up with,
1: just the right, flu kills that, that, you
2: know, in the inf- Influenzas, exactly. But they have it, and they they want what they're saying. And every president since Carter uh, has signed off on this. Okay, uh, you know that this is the this is the 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 the, the uh, direction that they're going to. Okay, now in, in 1992, the 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 uh, the the um, uh, UN, okay, 100 I believe 170 countries, okay, signed off on this document which is just the Agenda 21, which was sustainable development and the population reduction, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, blueprint, okay, agreed to by over 170 70 or 80 countries, whatever that was in 1992, okay. And has been furthered since since then. I mean, there is no doubt that they are undergoing genocide, and they are undergoing global population reduction programs that are culling specific uh, uh, countries, and are working on ours. I mean, I mean, if you consider what we're doing here, our our own, our own. Well, you're a doctor in the United States. You see the the ravaging of cancer and the ravaging of, of, of diabetes and the ravaging of other major diseases on this population that's affecting as much as a half to three quarters of the of the of, of our own population in this country. All right? Uh you know, it's it's like these these are all brought on by food, by water, by by uh you know, uh, uh air, uh and uh, you know, uh, uh different methods of poisoning the system and it's it's working it's doing a wonderful job right you you do see it so you have to you you must be uh
0: um, well actually i can can i can i um chime in on that last comment about uh diseases and and actually yeah. uh, i see no i exa- i actually see the exact opposite i see it's the successes of our public health care system and the uh medical care system mainly public health though uh for there's an illusion that we're worse off with uh with with our disease, whether it's diabetes obesity uh you know you go on down the line and it's actually the exact opposite. What's happened is is we've extended the lifespan so much of the human being that we've really taken off and exposed these problems because. We've gotten rid of all the other problems, and they were mainly communicable diseases in the first half of the 20th century that were our major problem. And what happened is we eliminated those, and then when we started to eliminate them, we, uh, we started to extend our lifespans, and then we became what I call uh, humans that are accumulating diseases. And these chronic diseases, these, these comorbid uh, diseases such as diabetes, they are problematic, I 100% agree with you that they're problematic. But what the the cause is isn't because there's some uh, um, uh, that the people uh, out in the world are being irresponsible. It's that we're actually being successful at what we're doing. If you look also at Jeffrey Sachs and what he's done at the United Nations with the Millennium Development Goals, you'll actually see there is improvement going on. It's just not at the rate that we need to see it happen. So if you say to me, well, you've got all these problems and, and they're worse than they've ever been i I would disagree. I think that if you look at objectively at the the average lifespan today it's never been longer than it has been in the super civilization uh currently um, throughout the world but the the problem is is that it's they're resource drains that's what I get at in the book is that these problems are not problems because we can't solve them It's because we wish not to solve them. We choose not to solve these problems because we have so much discretionary. Uh, we have no leadership in this world. We have no ability to determine which problems are the most, uh, are the most problematic for, uh, for humanity. We tend to pick those problems, and this is where we get back to corporations, uh, that the corporations want us to solve because it uh, makes their pocketbooks uh, ring with change uh, because they make so, money off, uh, so much money off of these. So that's where I would disagree with you uh, on that level. But on, on the level of, uh, you know, all these problems, I agree. We've got major problems uh, that we've got to deal with, and we've got to decide what we're going to do like health care. What are we going to do with a $2.8 trillion health care budget? That's a that's more than most nations' uh, GDP throughout the world. That's a major problem. I agree. I agree with you. It's
1: crazy. I know. Boy, we sure have a lot of problems to solve, and we've certainly had a rousing discussion <laughs> yeah. of them all or some of them anyway, but we've come to the end of our show and I really appreciated our talk. And yes, yes. it's I think that I think you're absolutely right. It starts with talking and dialogue and yes, people have to get together. And I'm not sure how that's gonna be done, but as you said, maybe it's for another group to figure out. But you certainly and, have piqued our interest. And I thank well, you for thank writing this interesting book and having a great discussion with us, John.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be on your show, and I also want to point out that it's uh, it's great to have people out there who are really questioning everything that uh, is going on in the world, and I think that's really important. So uh, so I wanted to thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome, and it was a pleasure talking to you, John. Yes, John. Uh, so, thank uh, you. Uh, congratulations on the book.
2: I uh, wish you the best. And also your organization. Thank you.
1: I think your organization sounds phenomenal, and I and I hope you good uh, luck on that, yeah. have have a lot of success with it. Thank,
0: thank you. you. Anyone can go to healthierworld.us if they want to learn more.
1: Thank you.
2: Very good. Good night. Healthierworld. Okay. Good night. Good night, Joe. Thanks for being on. Thank you. And uh, we want to thank uh, you know, uh, John uh, Moser for being on, and his book is called "Super Civilization: The Era
1: of Human versus Human." It's Um, an interesting concept. It is. It's a very interesting concept, and he's actually created, let's just make sure that we tell people what he has created. He's created... um, He's the CEO of a a, um, uh, a group called Health. Here it is, right here. He's the CEO of Humans for a Healthier World, a nonprofit organization. And you can go to um, www.healthierworld.com. U.S. for more information on Dr. Moser and That's the and the super civilization.
2: So, Doc, if you're still with us, thanks for being on. And any final words for us? Uh,
0: that I just I want people to think critically about their world, and I want them to uh, like you're doing um, and look at it and do not accept the status quo. All
1: right, good. You, I think those you, are good parting words. So good night, Doc.
2: And have a, have good night. A good- Happy New Year. Year. You too. All right.
1: Good night folks and thanks for being with us.